Today's show is brought to you by Open Mortgage, where better is possible. Please click on their banner on this page and learn more about Open Mortgage and how they may help you. The son of an original Star Trek star files a countersuit alleging theft and fraudulent reverse mortgage. Forbes, housing as a solution for the retirement crisis. And New York's Department of Financial Services adopts the final reverse mortgage rules. Those are your top reverse mortgage news stories for the week of August 17th, 2020. You're listening to Heckam World Weekly, the nation's only weekly podcast for the last 12 years running. Welcome back and thank you for joining us. This is your host, Shannon Hicks. And in our first story, the son of the original Star Trek star who played Lieutenant Uhura, he is filing a countersuit that is against his mother's manager, Gilbert Bell, claiming that he defrauded her and also applied for an invalid reverse mortgage. Kyle Johnson is the son of Nichelle Nichols, the iconic Star Trek star, and he filed the countersuit against Gilbert Bell. It alleges abuse, theft, fraud, and additional charges relating to the significant assets that his mother holds and also appearance fees that were misappropriated, pensions, Social Security, and her Woodland Hills, California home. Her son, who did file the countersuit, returned in August of 2018 to become his mother's full-time caregiver, and he seeks to hold those responsible to account to ensure his mother's financial stability, health, and comfort, and recover what has been stolen from her, and ensure a safe, secure, and enjoyable future in the coming years. This according to OpenPR, that is a worldwide public relations company. Now, it alleges that the manager, Bell, with consistent torturous and malfeasant and callous conduct took advantage of a highly respected woman when she was vulnerable. It also says that Bell moved into a second home on Nichols property and continues to live in the house under a fraudulent lease and a succeeding fraudulent reverse mortgage. Housing as a solution for the retirement crisis. That is the title of a recent column in Forbes from Ryan Refray as part of Forbes Real Estate Council. It does point out that there is, in fact, a retirement crisis in the U.S., but we don't know how to solve it, writes Refray. And there are three pillars to retirement in the U.S., your home, retirement pension plans, and Social Security. But he points out, independently, none of those are adequate for the average American. What type of average American, you may be asking? What about those receiving an average benefit of $1,500 in Social Security benefits each month? That represents over 91% of all seniors in the U.S., and only 21% of working Americans actually have a pension at work. He also states that it is estimated to maintain your standard of living and cover costs such as health care. You will need at least 80% of your pre-retirement household income in retirement. For most, that approximates about $55,000 a year. And given the current median income in post-retirement being around $43,000, that leaves a deficit of at least $11,000 a year. So where does the home come into play? Rafay writes that the home is the largest portion of net worth for most Americans, and seniors have a home ownership rate of about 80%. Rafay writes, without major government intervention, your home can be used to create a safe, healthy, and comfortable retirement. But historically, there have been challenges in accessing home equity without monthly payments. The primary option to reverse mortgage is somewhat limited, he says, in terms of home price and a borrower's age, affecting the ability to solve the problem for all home-owning retirees. But he does mention there are newer options that make home equity liquid to a much larger swathe of those who are no longer working, including home equity sharing and appreciation mortgages. 
I found the columnist's closing argument quite interesting. He says it's easy for many institutions to shy away from offering products to seniors for fear of situations ending poorly and as the subject of news headlines. This is where institutional investors can encourage investment in this space adding optimistically that governments can ensure that regulations do protect seniors from unsavory outcomes. And our final story, New York's Department of Financial Services has adopted the final reverse mortgage rules. This according to J.D. Supra and Weiner, Brodsky and Kyder PC. J.D. Supra announced that the New York Department of Financial Services recently published their final reverse mortgage regulations, which implement Assembly Bill 5626's reverse mortgage requirements. The regulations became effective on July 29, 2020. So, my New York friends, you may already know, but we're going to summarize. There have been some changes to what was initially put into the emergency regulations that left many of you high and dry wondering, how am I going to comply at the last minute? So here are some of the recent changes. One is the removal of the specification of servicing fees. And in the published commentary, the Department of Financial Services indicates that the fee limits under their jurisdiction and regulations, well, they will apply to reverse mortgage. They have also revised the property charges set-aside account requirements to state that such set-aside accounts may include all or some of the items defined as property charges under Part 79, Title 3 of New York's code, and it removes a requirement of a letter for credit, a letter of credit for lenders making private reverse mortgage loans that are fully funded at closing. It also gives eligible non-borrowing spouses the right to remain in the property for their lifetime after the borrower's death. And when it comes to repairs, it removes the term, quote, structural integrity and instead replaces it with a concept of reasonable similar condition state and repair but it does provide that such is relevant only to the extent that the condition state or repair does threaten to materially damage the property or its market value and when we look at counseling the counseling affidavit requirement to a counseling acknowledgement well it says that the hud certificate or heckam counseling or a reasonable equivalent for a non-heckam loan is sufficient to meet that requirement. So the affidavit rule has been relaxed somewhat. And finally, they address maturity events. They adopt them to be more consistent. That is, the New York Department of Financial Services has made their final rule more consistent with the federal HECM regulations. The final rule does specify when property tax and insurance premiums can be advanced by the lender. And it is under these circumstances, when the borrower's payment of the property charges is already more than 30 days overdue, the reverse mortgage loan has already been called due and payable, or the set-aside account that has been established and the taxing jurisdiction offers a discount for disbursements or a lump sum on an annual basis and may impose an additional charge or fee for installment disbursements. So folks, if you want to see the full details, just Google J.D. Supra, New York Department of Financial Services, and reverse mortgage rules. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Heckam World Weekly. If you're not there already, be sure to go to heckamworld.com because that's where you can find this week's video commentary and analysis. Our topic this week, by the way, is involuntary retirement. So you don't want to miss that. For my Apple fans out there, you can also listen and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Thanks again for joining us and be sure to return next week for more reverse mortgage news on the go.